0: Good morning, everybody. Something going on today. I'm not quite sure what it is. Uh, well, welcome to our Mother's Day service. I hope that you guys are blessed this morning, especially you moms out there. want to take a moment, just celebrate all of our mothers, the moms, the grandmas. Any grandmas out here this morning? Right? Grandmas are, are more important than mothers. Right? Right? Um, but our moms, our grandmoms, our adoptive moms, our stepmoms, our single moms, and, and even those women for whom uh, it wasn't God's will for them to have their own children, but still work and, and minister and love the children in their lives. We want to thank all of you for just your endless work, your endless dedication, your endless love to your children. And Uh, especially here at Morning Hour Chapel, to a lot of other people's children, too. A few weeks ago, uh, we began a sermon series called A Restoration Project, and we've been watching this skilled restorer uh, transform this rusty, dirty, useless, antique French bread slicer. And we saw him take the whole thing apart, and we saw him do some, some dangerous, rough work last week, sandblasting the wood base and the blade and soaking all the pieces in rust remover, taking sandpaper to those things, trying to bring them back to life, trying to bring them back to usefulness. And some of the pieces on the bread slicer could, could handle uh, that kind of work. The, the, the blade was really strong. It could handle that kind of work. Some of the pieces though on the on the bread slice are a little more fragile, and even the strong pieces require some some more fine work in order to get them to work the way that, uh, that we want them to and it just kind of takes a really kind of gentle hand. it takes some gentility to uh, create and restore this piece. I want to take a look at the next part of our video. Uh, He's trying to make this blade uh, look like a mirror. So let's take a look. How's it looking? Those of you who have been here for the, the whole time, you've seen uh, those, the videos that we've been showing. It's hard to believe that that is the same piece, that that blade is the same blade that we started with. And the rusty old blade has been restored to its original shine and it's been uh, polished and it's been sharpened. The wood base has been sanded and the holes filled. And, and he takes that, that linseed oil and he just kind of brushes it gently across and, and does a few coats to protect that piece of wood from future injury. And there was something interesting to me about when he was working on the blade. He started with that, that kind of grinder thing, right? And we saw him still getting some of that rust off. And as he kept working, as he kept going, the, the, the instruments and the tools got more and more gentle, and he started doing some finer work. That sandpaper that he used uh, was 160 grit, and if you know anything about sandpaper, the higher the number, the finer the grit. So you get like, you know, 20 and that's like really rough sandpaper. Um, and then so 160 is like really fine. And he continued that work. And then he took his polish and his buffer and all of those things. And he, and he, and he restored that piece to its usefulness. And the Holy Spirit is certainly doing rough work in, in us. And we we saw that last week. But it's work that leads us to make decisions for the kingdom of God that, that might cause suffering, like that grinder kind of grinding away at us. Might cause some persecution, might cause some death in Christian circles, depending on where we live, depending on the things that we are involved in as the church. But the Spirit is also doing some of the finer gentler work uh, in us and through others. Or maybe I should say in us and through mothers. Because often we look to our mothers when we need comfort. We look to our mothers when we need a gentleness that maybe we don't find in our dads, in our fathers. Our moms were made to give us things that our dads really weren't made for and vice versa. And there's this fundamental, created in us difference between mothers and fathers. And when God created us, uh, created us uh, Genesis tells us that uh, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There were some fundamental differences. There were things that were going to make these two Groups of people a little bit different. I mean, we're all created in the image of God. So in that way, we're all alike. We're all equal in the eyes of God. But he gave us different attributes. He gave us different skills and talents and abilities. And some of those things he gave mostly to men, and some of those things he gave mostly to women. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read that God created the man... First, and then he tried to find in all of creation something that would be a suitable helper for the man. Somebody that could be his companion. Couldn't find it anywhere. So he created the woman. God said, let's create this person to be a helper and a companion for the man. And when Adam met this new creation for the first time that God brought to him. He said, "Woo, man! And that's how we got the word woman.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm just kidding. But the Bible does tell us in Genesis 2.24, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This new Perfect creation, this person created in the image of God, but so much different than the man. Someone who could complete the man, and the man could complete the woman. And that man would leave the comfort of home, would leave father and mother, and begin a new life with this new person, this woman, Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes leaving home is scary. Anybody have a story of maybe of a scary scary time at the beginning when you first left home and you didn't really know what was going to happen with your new partner? Some of you don't, but uh, some of us do. But think about this desire that's so strong that it causes a man to say, I'm leaving everything behind and I'm coming over here. That is some powerful creating that God did in the garden. And the thing is that God wasn't finished creating in this woman this extraordinariness, which is, which is kind of what I see it as. He told the man and the woman to be fruitful. And multiply. He didn't want just the man and the woman. He wanted them to have kids. He wanted them to have lots of kids. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, be fruitful and multiply means get married and have lots of sex and babies. That's what it means. Now, a lot of churches don't like to talk about sex. Even between husband and wife, sometimes it would be a very long time before you might hear a sermon about sex. But that was also created by God. And God said, do it. And do it a lot with your husband and your wife and have lots of babies. He encouraged that. Some people don't like to hear about those things, though. Somebody, you know, this is the sanctuary of God. We should not be talking about those things. Those things are for the bedroom. We should not be talking about those things. And you know what I say to them? Well, God brought it up. God brought it up. I'm just sharing what God said. He he not only brought it up, but He In the Bible, it says that he gave a blessing. How many of you guys realize that sex is a blessing? And and that children are a blessing. And Now, I know we probably think sex is much more of a blessing than children sometimes. (laughs) But it's true. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Go and make lots of babies. Is what God said. And later in chapter 3, we even see that the woman gets called Eve because she was the mother of all living. That was her first identity to the man, not as, not as a woman, but as a mother, as someone who was going to nurture these children. And the man and the woman are so different, and they're similar And they're created in the image of God. But only one of them gets to be a mom. God put all of himself into humanity. But he put some really cool stuff into moms. It's one of these things that God gives moms that are much more likely to be found in moms than dads. Most times when we think about God, we focus on those masculine attributes, right? We call him Father. We call him He. And often we speak about the qualities that he has that are masculine traits, like power and might and, you know, walking with us into battle and all of those things, you know, and the guys think about, you know, John Wayne on a Sunday afternoon and just, And we think about those things and we think about God, but it wasn't Just the man who was made in the image of God. woman was too. And if we can think about created in the image of God as endowed with the attributes of God, we might notice many instances in Scripture where we see feminine attributes of God. Some motherly attributes. One of the things I've noticed that mothers do, at least uh, my mom did and, and, and Wendy does, is that they keep everything... That their child has ever done. I'm serious. You think that I. I, I'm going to show you guys something. Let me put this down here. I'm going to move this out of the way. Because you have to see this. (laughs) Oh no. I'm not done yet. These live in our basement. (laughs) There are two boxes here. One is a baby box, and one is a school-age box. And I am anticipating that when my son graduates from high school next month, a college box will be started. Then we will have a starting work box. We might have a getting married box. We will definitely have a grandchildren box one day. These are the boxes that my wife uses to gather everything that, that, that reminds her of her child. T- I'm actually going to have her come up, and she's going to show you a couple of things that, uh, that she uses. Let me bring the, the mic over here so that you guys can hear her at home. Go ahead, hon, and, and just uh, tell us a little bit about these boxes.
1: All right. Well, I'll start with the baby box.
0: Of course. Every time.
1: Okay. So so Josh had reactive airway disease, so I kept his puff puffs where you put the the medicine inhaler in here, and then you, you put this on his face and this is his puff puffs. Puff puffs. Uh, yes. The favorite Binky
0: the one that has been slobbered over for many, many, many months, yeah.
1: Oh, and the baby bottle. So both of our boys use these baby bottles.
0: There are no distinguishing characteristics of that baby bottle that you can't find at Target. Shoes, yes.
1: Should I move on? or Yeah, I... probably you okay. should,
0: because we could be all day with just the baby box, yeah.
1: Hey. <laughs> okay, so this is from, um, oh, it looks like there's two of them. Okay, so this is from 2013 um, when they measured the boys in elementary school. So I have one for Josh and one for Tommy from 2013 when they, you know, their height and their weight, little papers.
0: Because we really need to remember what they what, what they weighed in 2013.
1: Well, that's also in the baby book. It's on the graph, right. but this is just the, the school paper. <laughs> Apparently, there was a math report card clarification notice that we need to reflect on. I'm not quite sure what that is. Oh, It's their scholastic, it's, it's both of their Book fair wish lists. So there's one for Tommy and one for Josh. Is
0: there a year on, on those?
1: Well, there is a receipt.
0: <laughs> excellent.
1: So yeah, it's from the book fair. So, And it looks like, yep, these go together. So um, yeah, 2014.
0: All right, excellent. Yep. <clears throat> Anything else that you'd like to show us?
1: Oh, teachers will like this, PSSA results.
0: Anybody else have their children's BSSA results in a box?
1: Well, I do have a book, K through 12, but I
0: tuck. You have a book? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. I could I keep think, going, no, but that's I think. okay. okay. Thanks. Okay. Um, lunch starts soon somewhere. Uh, so, let me, just, let me just ask a question. Men, do you have a box? Any, any, anybody? No? Moms, do you have a box or a book or anything like that? Yeah, you're not going to raise your hands now because you're just embarrassed. But there you go. Thank you, Tanya. So these storage bins, again, they live in our, uh, in our basement. Wendy's very organized. She's got the baby box, and then she started the new box I don't have a box. I, I don't have an envelope. I um, have a box for you. Wendy has a box for me, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. And Cindy has a file cabinet <laughs> full of things. I'm glad that I didn't ask you to bring your stuff this, this morning. So, but here's the thing. And, and again, I, I look at this stuff and I can remember it. Right? I can, so I can remember this is... The, the the tooth fairy pillow that somebody made for Tommy, I think when when he was born, right? It was it was a gift and you you'd put he'd put the tooth in here and hang it on his door and then you'd give you know give him the money. I remember more about giving him the money than about the actual teeth that were that were being lost. Uh, Wendy has the teeth. <laughs> I do too, but there
1: were so many of them
0: I don't know whose teeth are whose teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She has separate bags, yeah. Talk to, talk to her. She's very organized. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. When I look at this stuff, I remember certain things, right? When Wendy looks at this stuff, she remembers everything. Because everything that she has kept has some sort of an emotional thought, an emotional attachment attached to these things. And we read about this in the story of the birth of Jesus. We read about this attribute of mothers. After the shepherds came in from the fields and visited the newborn baby and they went off and they started telling everybody what had happened. The shepherds left and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Jesus' mother, treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. This is what God does with each of us. He treasures us. He ponders us in His heart. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness He will quiet you by His love and He will exalt over you with loud singing. When God saves us through the work of Jesus Christ, He rejoices over us. When we are going through situations that are stressful, when we are going through those hard things that we go through, He comforts us and when we do things and we accomplish things that, that please God, He exalts over us and He sings over us. Just like a mom. These attributes can be further found in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, look at that list. Now, I know we're all supposed to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. But when I look at this list, a lot of times I can't help but thinking about my own mom. And I think about her a lot more than I think about my dad when I look at this list. Some of you don't know that uh, I was adopted. My father was killed about three months before I was born. And my mother tried to raise me for a while, couldn't, just couldn't do it. She was not ready for motherhood yet without having her, without having my dad there. So she arranged with my father's mother uh, to take care of me. So this is my grandmother. My mom was newly married to her husband, my dad, just a few months before I was born. She'd been divorced. She got remarried. And they made the decision to adopt me and I don't know what that conversation sounded like, but uh, you know, I, I, know that, I know my mom and dad, and, and guessing what the conversation sounded like was my mom saying, we're adopting little Joey, and my dad replying, really? And my mom saying, yes. And my dad saying, okay. <laughs> that was pretty much the conversation. But like I said, I, I found my mom... Displaying the fruit of the Spirit much more than I did my dad. And my, my dad loved us and he occasionally told us that he loved us. He actually used the words every once in a while. Uh, he was more proud of us, I think, than 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 really loving us. I heard I'm proud of you a lot. Uh, I love you not so much from him. But he he often laughed and he was usually kind. He was good. He was faithful to my mom. But Much of this manifestation of of the fruit of the Spirit for him was kind of internal. He kept a lot of things inside. My mom, on the other hand, was the personification of love and joy and sometimes peace and patience, uh, depending on how much her children were bothering her that day. And she was kind, she was good, she was faithful, she was gentle even when she had the paddle out. And she had as much problem with self-control as the rest of us, after all. But she showed us all of these things, and she showed them to us externally and every single day, as much as she possibly could. She showed us these things even as she lay dying in a hospital bed. For three months after she went in for heart surgery, the day after her birthday, she was intubated for the entire time. They kept trying to get the tube out and she couldn't breathe on her own three months. The last time I heard my mom talk was on her birthday. And every time I would sit in the room with her, I, I could see her sadness, not because she was dying. I could see her sadness because I know that she wanted to say words to comfort us. She wanted to say words of love. She wanted to say words of comfort to us, and she couldn't. And I saw that sadness. I remember I was at the hospital one day, and I just broke down, you know, crying. It was about two weeks before she died. and I just remember sitting there and watching her. And I just started the ball, and my mother laying in a hospital bed, tubes coming out of every place. She reached her arms out and she did one of these. And I leaned over and she just wrapped her arms around me. And she mouthed the words, it's going to be okay. Couldn't hear her voice, but I could see her mouth with the words. My mom died less than two months before Wendy and I got married. And the saddest I have ever been in my life aside from actually watching her die, was at the funeral when for about 30 minutes I realized that I couldn't remember the sound of my mother's voice. Couldn't remember it. Thankfully, God blessed me and reminded me of what that voice sounded like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My mother displayed all of these things, but she did more than that. She taught us all of those things. These finer things that God would have us to be and to do. And when the Holy Spirit is working to restore us, we know that there's going to be struggle. We know there's going to be suffering. We know there's going to be persecution and trouble sometimes. We know there's going to be pain. But the Holy Spirit is there to struggle alongside of us. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us through the troubles. The Holy Spirit is there to ease our pain and suffering, and to hold us in the arms of God, just like a mother. If we allow the Holy Spirit to be our strength and to be our comfort, we may experience what paul tells us in romans 5 verses 1 to 5 when we saw this passage last week therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ that's the beginning of that passage and it goes on we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. One of the hardest things that moms do in the lives of their children is to allow them to suffer the consequences for their actions. Because moms want to fix things. Moms want to do things To make their children feel better. Moms want to protect us. And they do. They tell us and show us who we can be. Who we should be. Just like the Holy Spirit does. But ultimately. What we do. With that teaching. Is up to us. We have to make our own choices, and we make our own mistakes. I think moms intrinsically know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I think they know that. They don't want us to suffer, but if we have to, If suffering means we're going to build stronger character, oh yeah. My mom was great at letting me screw up. And when I screwed up and I came to her and I said, I screwed up. And she said, I know. And she'd reach those arms out and give me a hug. She says, So what are you going to do next time? Not do it again. The Holy Spirit tells us and shows us who we are in Christ. Who we can be when we're fully restored, but the Spirit allows us to make our own choices, to make our own mistakes. And just like my mother, the Holy Spirit continues to watch and is ready to comfort us when we come to realize that our choices maybe weren't so good. I asked my students on Friday what they were doing for their moms today, and most of the answers had to do with preparing or buying a meal or helping around the house or just hanging out with their mom. Several of them were like, Mother's Day, Sunday? I'm like, yes, Mother's Day, Sunday, get, it, get on the ball a little bit. And on Mother's Day, we do. We spend a tiny little sliver of time doing those things for our mom that she does for us every single day, and we feel really good about it, Right? especially when we're kids. I made breakfast in bed. Mom has to go and clean for an hour and a half from breakfast in bed, but made breakfast in bed. And does mom care about cleaning up an hour and a half from breakfast in bed? Well, maybe sometimes, but usually she won't complain too much about it. But we spend this tiny little bit of time doing those things for our moms that they do for us every single day. And I hope And I pray that whatever you have in store for Mother's Day, that you will remember that you are looking into the image of God. That you consider all of the things that your mother, your grandmother, your stepmother, your adoptive mother, that you think about those things that she has done and continues to do in your life. Would you pray with me? Gracious Father, we thank you for our mothers. Father, we know that for most of us without our, without our mothers, we would be nowhere. We would be lost. Father, we ask that you would bless this day Bless our mothers, our grandmothers, great-grandmothers. Father, I ask that You would help us to see in them Your image and Your beauty and Your love. And thank You, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to send you out this morning with a simple message. Love your mother. Love your grandmother. Love all of those women who pour into your lives every single day. God bless you.